come to know you today. Lord God, may they surrender their life to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. In Luke chapter 9, go to verse 58. Actually, we can start in verse 57. Let's do that. Let's start in verse 57, okay? As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Verse 58 reads, and Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Verse 59, and he said to another, follow me. But he, but he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury, bury my father. He said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. I want to stop right there. I know it's, we were coming up on Christmas Day, and nothing better to preach than about Jesus, is it? And... You know, we talk, we talk about the birth, but like one of the songs that was saying, he made a way in the manger, and, but he made that way to the cross. Because the whole purpose for Jesus to come was not that we celebrate that babe in a manger, but to celebrate what the finished work would be through the power of the cross, through what he did on the cross. What did he do on the cross? He redeemed you and I for, from our sins. He, he, he purchased us. He bought us. And he paid an awesome price for that. And I want to make no mistake about it today. This is not some cute and cuddly story. This is not some watered-down message that Christmas is about uh, love and all this other stuff. It was about a way was needed because we were uh, undeserving, unworthy, and we were dying in our own sin. And a way was needed for us not to experience that death. I want you to get that clear. We can have all the beautiful manger scenes we want. We can have all the bells and whistles, but death had to happen so that you may have life. Don't forget that. Don't walk away from that. Don't neglect that, okay? And I want you to understand Jesus is talking and he's calling his disciples in Luke chapter 9. And let's focus right here on verse 59 in chapter 9. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. Now, I want you to really understand this scripture, okay? Uh, something you need to understand about the Jewish culture. Uh, when, when someone died, they were placed in the ground immediately. It was not a long term, you know, it wasn't waiting six and seven days for all the family to come and all this other stuff, okay? You died and you were put in the, you were put in the, in the tomb, okay? That's how that happened. Now, and then also there's some other things that happened. When you died in this Jewish culture, you weren't allowed to leave the house. You were there to mourn. You were there, you were to stay in the house. Um, the only reason you left was to go and visit the tomb, but you went back. So get something out of this scripture right now. Jesus is out and he's calling disciples. This man says, let me go and bury my father. His father is not dead yet. His father is not dead yet. But what this man is wanting to do is he's wanting to wait before he starts his work for Christ 
He's wanting to deal with the things that you deal with in death and, and in life. For instance, inheritance and all this other stuff. So he had to wait. He asked Jesus to let me wait, Jesus, until my father dies and then I get all of his affairs in order and let me handle, get my inheritance and all of these things so I can then come and serve you. See, this man is not ready. Jesus is calling him now, but he's fooling around waiting for death to come before he comes and serves Christ. Y'all, there's too much similarity in this man in our lives today. We piddle around with everything else other than what we're supposed to do. Jesus called, but this man is waiting on death to come before he will do anything. This man is waiting for death to come, and, and then after death, you keep in mind now, it's not just a simple matter of the man dying, and then he's burying him in his tomb. He has to wait an entire year, because after they put him in the tomb, they wait another year, and then they rebury them again. I know, y'all, did y'all know that? Yes. In the Jewish culture, you bury them in the tomb, and then you wait a year. And so during that waiting, you're waiting for a process to be completed. And then you come, and you gather the bones, and you put them in another vessel, and then you seal the tomb. That's the way that you... So not only was he waiting for... He was putting off Jesus to wait for his father to die so he could get his inheritance, and then he would have had to wait another year before he could have left. Let's say if his father lived another five years. Let's say that happened. He would have had to wait six years to go in and do what God wanted to do. He's letting death get in the way of his eternal life. You see, Jesus spends his time preparing us for the eternal kingdom, not for this earthly kingdom that's going on right now. And when you look at verse 59, he said, but, uh, he, but he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. You see, this man had it wrong, like a lot of us used to have it wrong. Those of us that are saved and bought by the blood of Christ, we're looking for a kingdom and inheritance from God. This man is looking for an inheritance from man, and it pales in comparison to what God has to offer. We don't look at it like that. Look at verse 60. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, Go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. In other words, he's saying he's dealing with two spirit, two deaths here. He's de dealing with those who are spiritually dead and those who are physically dead. He's telling this disciple that's apparently a spiritually awake because he's called him in to the work of the kingdom. He's telling this disciple, let those who are spiritually dead handle your rituals of the earthly dead, of the physical dead. That's what he's telling them to do right now. You don't deal in death anymore. You're about dealing in life and bringing a promise to a, and bringing a hope to people that have no hope. So let the dead bury the dead. I know you've heard that before, but those that are spiritually dead, they're the ones trapped in the rituals. They're the ones hung up on getting this and getting that. You have an eternal kingdom that you have to, you have to win people to. 
You have an eternal kingdom. I'll tell you one thing. That heat will work. Y'all hot. Good. Can somebody push the off button? I'll go do it if you want me to. Can I get a cough drop where I won't get all this paper on it either? I don't want to joke the paper on the side. Thank you, sweetie. That's what she's here for. This is my little personal pharmacy, y'all. Thank you, sweetie. (laughs) So, (coughs) so what we have, if we have a situation here where this man would rather stay and deal with dead man's bones than deal with the kingdom of God. Is that you? Is that you? Now, I can tell the lost person right now, death is coming. I want to tell actually everyone right now, death will come. This body will cease to exist. We have living proof of, uh, proof of that, right? We all have saints in our lives that have gone on to be with the Lord. My mom, Miss Joe, they've gone. Death is coming. Thank you so much. Death is coming. But don't get so wrapped up in the fact that the, the physical body is going gonna, is gonna to leave here. Let me tell you something. My mom, Miss Joe, whoever else is, who, who's been born again, a believer of Christ, <coughs> guess what they would want you to be doing right now? Not worried about dealing with their death, but living a life that's going to help others gain that same eternal life. comes the coat. (coughs) Excuse me. Allow the dead to bury their own dead. Mr. and Mrs. Christian. Brad. You just lived that this week, all week long. He had a man that he worked with for how long? Two years. You spent your time witnessing to him. And then you had to do the funeral, right? You had to do, and did you spend time on him or did you spend time on Jesus? The funeral wasn't for that look. That body there has been, it's been determined what happened. It's gone, right? And every time we get a chance, we've got to lay out the truth about when you get here, what is going to happen. Because you, you see, y'all, you deal with three types of death. You deal with the eternal death. You deal with the natural death. That means the body uh, ceases to exist. And then there, there's also the spiritual death. The spiritual and eternal aren't the same. The eternal is when you're cast away from God forever. Never to see the light of day. Never to see the light of God. Never to experience him in in any way, shape, or form. The natural death, which is the way the body is going to go. It's going to happen. No matter what you try and say and do, we can get mad at Don all day long for praying people out of heaven. I mean, praying people back. He, he, he ain't trying to do that. 
He's just praying for the will of God to happen. But he knows, we all know, that the time is going to come when your body's going to cease to exist. Or someone you love, their body's going to cease to exist. What you need to understand this day, this moment, this very hour, is the simple fact that when their body ceases, there's nothing else you can do but go tell someone else that you don't want to be in that you don't want to not know Jesus when you get into this shape right here. You see what I'm saying? They're going to they're going to they're going to lay you out. You know, when when Aretha died, you know, they walked her around for what? They walked her around almost as long as they did James Brown. Both of them they walked around for almost 2 or 3 weeks changing their clothes, combing their hair over this dead body. I know Miss Andrew really happened. They changed Aretha's clothes every day. Every new venue. And then the last day, they spent seven hours hailing and praising a woman that was nothing but a carcass. We didn't let the dead bury the dead. We took our own resources and our own time as a Christian to deal with something that we could do nothing about, y'all. You see, and, and, and don't let Satan fool you. He's got you fooled. Jesus Christ took care of death. He took care of death. So we shouldn't be messing around with it anymore. We shouldn't be getting our hands wrapped up anymore. You go and you preach the kingdom to all nations. Let the spiritual dead bury the physical dead. I'm not saying don't have your funerals. I'm not saying that. Bonnie has strict instructions. I die one day, I'm in the ground by the next day. See, you saw her. She went, hey, dead, I'm already in the ground. She knows. And let the whole church know. And Kent, I don't care what you just said about me. Yeah, she got to get the whole dog. They got time. But here she, here she might already have the whole. I need to go walk the property and see. I told her, I said, don't spend no money on me. Don't spend any money on me. You see, because she's not spiritually dead. Is she going to miss me? Yes. If, would I miss her if, I, if it was reversed? Oh, yes. But see, she'll be in glory or I'll be in glory, whatever happens. And both of us know no matter what, the kingdom, the work of the kingdom keeps going. Don't let Satan trick you. Don't let him fool you. Don't let this celebration that we have that we call Christmas fool you into thinking something that, that it is something other than what it was supposed to be. That baby, that our Jesus, our Lord, came knowing fully with the full intent that he was going to die. It was going to happen. And it was going to be a brutal, physical death. But he knew all along that it was never going to be a spiritual death for him. He knew all along that he was never going to lose to death. He knew all along that no matter what happened, he will be victorious 
and death will no longer have any control over him and those he calls to be with him. And when we get wrapped up, tomorrow's December 24th. Yeah, I can tell you, at 157, on December 24th, 2016, probably one of the few dates I remember, I get a call from the nursing home that my mother passed. How many of you have that date and time of when that loved one of yours who's gone to be with the Lord? How many of you know that? Great. But don't let it be a memorial to them. Let it glorify God that it happened because that person was shown mercy and taken out of here. You see, that's the next thing you need to understand about death. That's the next thing you need to understand about Jesus. His death was required. I want you to look at a verse of scripture. Go back to Matthew. Go to Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter. Go to Matthew chapter 16. Go to go to verse 21. <clears throat> From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and be killed and be raised on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. That shall never happen, never happen to you. And Jesus, but Jesus, he turned and he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block for, uh, to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. Jesus was so upset. I mean, Peter was so upset about losing Jesus in the physical, he wasn't thinking about the kingdom. Jesus, even through his death and knowing he was going to die, his heart was on the kingdom. Your heart, your mind, your soul must be on the kingdom. Because Jesus knew that his life was going to be required of him. I got another scripture I want us to look at. Hold on. Let me find it. Let me find it. He knew his life was going to be required. He knew. He knew that, you know what? I'm going to have to do this. I don't have. I'm going to. It's going to be required of me to do this. I am going to have to cease to exist in the body so that you can live. Get that. And then your soul is going to be required one day. One day, God is going to say, enough. You've done what you're supposed to do. You've accomplished what you're supposed to accomplish. Come home to me. You ready for that day? I ain't talking about do you have enough life insurance. I ain't talking about do you have your bills paid. I ain't talking about is your house painted. I'm talking about are you ready for that day? Are you living for that day? Some of you may not even be living for that day. You're skating around here trying to get over on God, trying to get around doing what God has called you to do. Some of you sitting in here lost and you need to know Jesus Christ and you think, oh, I got time. I'm going to wait. It's not that important right now. And let me tell you something. 
That day is going to come when he's going to require your soul. And you better be ready because he's only going to put up with it for so long. If you don't take the time to do what you need to do when God wants you to do it, and then you up and decide you're going to be all right, you're going to live okay, everything, he's going to say, enough. You walking around here, hoity-toity, acting like you a Christian, hollering, praise Jesus this, glory to God this, and you ain't living for me. I'm going to take you out. Because you're not going to, you know, you don't represent me. And you're not trying to get any better. So I'm stopping this nonsense right now. And I want you to understand something. When you're laid out right here, cold, ashed over, I don't care what the funeral home does to you, you're still dead. When you're laying there, Ain't nothing nobody else can do. Ain't nothing nobody else can do unless Jesus decides to come in and change the course of things. He did it for Lazarus. We know that. He did it for Lazarus. He told him to come forth. But I'm here to tell you, Lazarus came forth for the glory of God. He was raised from the dead for the glory of God. But listen to me carefully. Lazarus still died. I've said it before. Anybody seen Lazarus walking around here? As the news gone and, 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 and he interviewed a 2,000-year-old man, well, Lazarus, you got raised for the dead. You're going to live forever, ain't you? No, he, something still got him eventually. And something's going to get you. Before you get God, you better get Jesus. And that's as much deal as I can get right now. Keep, keep living like you don't think it's going to happen. And I'm talking to you, Christian. Not just the lost person. Keep skating by and making your excuses. Does this sermon sound familiar? Didn't I preach this like a week ago or two weeks ago or it doesn't matter. You need to hear it again. Keep on thinking you're going to do the minimal for God. Go back to Luke. Go back to chapter 9 again. Keep on thinking he's going to keep accepting. But death is coming. And I'm not trying to make it negative. I'm just trying to let you understand. Y'all, you got to be ready. I think back, and Brother Roy, I want to share this. When I got the call about Miss Joe, I got the text. Brother Bob, uh, Bobby, he, he texted me. Not Brother Bobby Shell, but Bobby Hornsby. He texted me and he said, he said, Mom's gone. It took me a minute. It took me a minute. And I, I remember called Miss Pam. And she just cried out. Took you a minute, didn't it? Saved, born again, in heaven, shouting, praising God, doing all that stuff. But when death hits you, when death hits you, even though you're victorious, you still ain't ready. Y'all know, you know how I don't want to die right. 
once again pray thank you for Mark for telling me I would suffocate before I died hitting if I fell out of an airplane. <laughs> if 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 I, I always told everyone I don't want to I, I hate heights, so I don't want to die from a hot falling. I don't want to be in an airplane in the fall. I told everyone I would choke myself on the way down before I hit that ground if I fell out of an airplane. Pam Franklin's husband, Mark, kindly advised me that that couldn't happen. He said you would, you would suffocate. All the air would get stuck out of your lung and you'd, lungs and you'd die before you hit the ground. That gave me so much peace. <laughs> I was like, whew, thank you, Lord. So I'm no longer caring about, you know, I was before, I was like, you know, why can't they, I used to ask Bunny, why they got to go up so high? Why can't you just go like right above the power lines and fly? You know, you have a chance then. <laughs> but actually, I would be worse because if the plane were to crash, I ain't got time to suffocate. <laughs> so if I'm 33,000 feet up in the air, I got time to get all the wind sucked out of me, and I'm just like, well, dead. I ain't never found, I'm not worried about where I'm going. I know where I'm going when I die. My thing is, and everybody else's, is how it happens, right? You don't want it to hurt, right? Huh? That's the way you feel, yo, who wanted to hurt? You know, Lord, just, just, you know, yeah. But you can't guarantee that. You don't know. Everybody always telling you you die before that happens. How do you know? Did you wake up that dead person and ask them if they was dead before they died? <laughs> did it hurt? Did you? Anybody know that? Anybody hear from somebody in the dead that said, hey, guess what I didn't feel when I, that happened? You know, how do you know how it feels to get your head lopped off? I'm not stopping. I'm not going forward because we got to understand. I don't care how graphic this gets. You got to understand. You don't know. You don't know. So let the dead bury the dead. There's too many people that don't know. So when you go to verse 60, and you read this command, but allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, and notice what he, no, notice what he says. He doesn't assign the dead to the disciples. He says their own dead. Their own dead. He said, but as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Isn't that amazing what you should do with the threat of death looming over you and over everyone else around you? Brad wishes every day that he sat here Wednesday and said, I wish I could have done more, something to that effect. I mean, it's awesome that that's in his, even in his heart, you know? I wish I could have done more. Don't you think? Are you in that state of mind? Uh, Matthew, are you in that state of mind that you wish you could? You have lost friends at school, don't you? You have lost coworkers, don't you? But ask yourself honestly, are you in that state where I wish I could have done more? If you're not, you can get there. See, we all need to be there where I wish I could have done more. Well, guess what that more needs to be? Preach the kingdom. Preach the kingdom. You're faced with death. Preach the kingdom. Pray for them, but preach the kingdom. Don't let them face death. 
not knowing. And all you do is you tell them. You don't save them, do you? But you tell them. What do I tell them, Brother David? Tell them that there was a babe born in a manger and he was going to die. Just for you. Don't, don't, don't spend time arguing with them about this and that. Just tell them what was going, what, what's happening. Because if God had to die, guess what? You have to also. Don't get wrapped up in all the minutia of, yeah. No, there weren't three wise men there. Focus on Jesus. Jesus, he, he, he came. And he died. So who are you? He died so you won't die again. He died so you won't die again. Oh, great. I'm going to live forever. Not in this physical body. Why would you want that? You got to feed it every day. You got to look at it every day. Yeah, no, Jimmy can't see. Yeah, yeah, it's a blessing. Jimmy don't have to see what he looks like no more. <laughs> Glory to God. Think about it. This disciple wanted to wait for death before he could serve God. He wanted to wait on death before he could serve God. Is that you? You think lost person, you think you're going you think you're going to have a chance to make a petition when you get into heaven? You think? I'm going to tell you right now you won't. That's just dress rehearsal. That's all this is. This is just dress rehearsal. That's all it is. It's just dress rehearsal for what we're going to do when we get to heaven. That's it. And in the role that you have to play, does it involve this fully? Does it? Does it involve this from cover to cover? Or does it involve you getting what you want, satisfying this for the time being? That's a real question that deserves real answers. And you better be real about You need to be real about it. Don't. When death comes, and it will, death, death will be here, but it doesn't have to beat you. It can just be a process like getting up like breathing. That's all it can be. But for those of you that are lost, 
It's eternal. It's eternal. And I want you to picture, if we can make it as dark as we can, turn off all the lights, all of them. Can you blacken the screens, darken them? Darken the screens. Get it as dark as you can. We got exit lights. We're going to have some lights. This is hell. Absence of light. No light at all. Complete darkness. This means when it's this dark, there is no God because God is light. So I want you to get it. Do you want to live your life like this? See, some of you are living in darkness right now and you just don't recognize it. You don't have to see me. You just have to hear from God right now. You are living in darkness and you don't recognize it. And this is what life is like without God. Darkness. Can you imagine if you had your eyes closed to try to see the remainder of the light? That so even the remainder of the light that's in here, you couldn't see it. And try to get out of this room with your eyes closed in complete darkness. That is your life without God. You're going to fumble around. You're going to walk into walls. You're going to walk into certain doom for the simple fact that you've rejected a living God. You turn the lights back on. Now ask yourself, is that what you want? Is that your life right now? Some of you just half your lights are out. You're in partial darkness. You know just enough about God to not understand. Everybody, please close your eyes.